This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. I hope you really enjoyed that Cash Cow Bible video. In this one, we're going to be going through our mid-range players, so those between 400 and 700k. It's going to be a really big group of people here, and this one we're going to be going through our first 15. So these guys are going to be the ones that are going to be a great chance of making you sort of 10 to 15 points uh, in price, so 150 to 200k. Um, and then moving on to a couple of guys that I think could maybe bump up their scoring by maybe five points, which would take them into keeper status from there. And then we'll talk about the rest of the guys that, that have a, a decent chance of, of doing well uh, in the mids as well. So please uh, hit like and subscribe if you're really enjoying this, guys. I'm really enjoying the community we're building here. But we're going to start with Jake Turpin. So price of 40 at this stage, what we're looking for with him is if he's going to get 80 minutes. Because I think if he does, then he's going to be at least 10 points undervalued at the, the safer side of things. You see, when he played 80 minutes last year, he averaged 62. So 62 in that game, 49 and a 68, which was really cool. So one, one game with a try there. When he's playing in the 60 minutes, he's he's still slightly undervalued. You can see games of, of 47, of 52. Uh, one a couple of, one go low game at the top there at 33, but you know the majority of the games there he does well with with decent minutes. Um, and then you know these are back in 2019 where he had a few lower scores. But but the games he did play last year, he just had the one uh, the, the one low score in terms of. You know, based on how many minutes in the PPM. So his PPM's increased a lot more than the 0.6 that it was uh, for his career. So up in the in the 0.7s. And if he's getting close to 80 minutes, I'd expect anything over 50 in his price. So a really cool option for, for teams there. And talk about Takiyaho, and, the, and he's going to be one of the guys that, that has the chance to, to go from a, a good player at a, at a price of 50 to, to someone that could possibly average somewhere between 55 and 60. He's not someone that's currently in my team at this moment, but he does have that opportunity given the fact that he'll kick some goals. And you look at his, his scoring last year, he only kicked goals in a couple of games. So you can see by the trial on the weekend that he, he kicked goals first and then Teddy came on and, and kicked when, when Takiaho went off. So I'd be expecting Siwa to, to play close to 60 minutes. 
And these are the, the types of scores that he got in those 60 minutes there. 64, 71, and 52. So if he can score more like that throughout the year, then, he, then he's going to be a really good option. But there's also games where he gets 55 minutes for 36. Um, yeah, he's got, he's got some other lower games there. He had 50 minutes for 48. Yeah, th- these are all games when... When he did well, but what you have to think about is is him at the start here, where he had, you know, even games, let's just go through his 50-odd minutes game, 56 minutes for, for 52, that did have a try, 57 minutes for 46. You know, if you add a couple of goals to that, that's just that's just hitting his price target. In the games in between there, he had, you got to think about, they have Radley on there, and he's going to take up a little bit more ball than, than what people are thinking of. Yeah, he got injured very early in the season, and then Takayaho lifted and played a, a few more bigger minute games, um, and and had a, a bigger role to fill. Whereas Radley fills that a little bit, and if he's going to be back pretty close to round one, then then that may play a part in in Takayaho staying around that fifty price point because he hasn't over his time hasn't scored anything, uh, hasn't averaged anything above that. So that's just something to think about if if you're wanting to bring him in. Um, as he's always a, already a fairly high price, but he, I don't see his floor being anything lower than 50. Uh, we'll move on to someone like Munster, who I think could, can possibly take that leap as well this year, a 671k. Uh, price at 50 as well, but with Smith going, there's a chance that I think he, he moves up into that 55 bracket. He did score 50, uh, average 54 in, in games where he played the full 80 minutes. You can see he had a, a couple of, of injury-affected games last year, three of them in fact. Um, so I think he's someone that could average closer to 55 and make that leap. So if you're wanting someone that's a little bit cheaper in the halves, then then he's going to be a decent option. And and so will someone like Fogarty, who's going to be a very similar price there at 666, priced at 50. Looks like he's going to be getting the goal kicking, which should give him a little bit of an extra base um, from where he was last year. You can see his score is based on him averaging about 40 in the first uh, portion of the games and then 57 in the back end when the Titans started playing really well. So if they're going to play really well, then I expect him to average somewhere between 55 and 60. If they're not going as well as a team, then I'd expect an average of 50. So someone that I don't see that has a, a bigger, uh, much downside at all, but has a lot, of, a lot of upside potentially moving into becoming a gun. Brimson at pretty much the same price, same deal. You see when he, he, came, he came back in, had a, had a quiet game to start. And then really stepped up the game and, and scored a bunch of tries um, and did really well across across the rest of the season. So I think he's someone that I think there's a chance that he averages maybe like a 47 at, at his floor, but then could average a 55 to 60 in a team that does really well. So he's someone interesting to think about. We'll move on to Pappenhausen. Very much similar at a similar price at 658. Price at 49. Looks like he'll be getting the goal kicking as well. Uh, which which is really cool. So a couple of guys here that just their roles will increase slightly in teams, which you know gives them a chance that you know them being really good players already in fantasy and also in in real footy is to give them a chance to to push up an extra five or so points and become uh, a keeper. You know, three a top three to five in their position. So Pappy is another one of those options that I think is only going to get better as a player. Gets the goal kicking and and he's, he doesn't have a a big flaw. Yeah, a, a much downside to his floor at, at 49 there, which is great. Let's go through Roger. Slightly cheaper again. So if you're looking you know, in this bracket and, you, and you're wanting a little bit cheaper, Roger's there and he, someone that didn't score many tries last year, didn't have that many attacking stats at all, even try assists at the back, which is, which is extremely rare. 
So I think he's someone that probably has close to eight points upside, and, and if you're needing a fullback around that price, I think he's a great option. Uh, he's last year in the in the game. He'd want to lead lead out uh, really well and, and strongly for, for his side there. We'll move on to something a little bit more interesting is Chatty Townsend. I've spoken about him a little bit on this channel, but not too much at this stage. But seeing him in the trial on the weekend, he's priced at 33. He's going to be doing all the kicking in general play, and he also gets the goal kicks. So... You'd expect this, Johnson's going to be back somewhere between round 7 and 10, so he has a nice runway of making cash. So if he averages, if he averages 45 over the first six weeks that with the with the rolling break-evens, that six weeks will be enough to, to get him up to being priced at 45. So obviously it takes a little bit of time to get there. And you know, 12 points upside, I think, is really cool. I don't see him averaging close to 50. He's just not that type of player that doesn't have that pedigree. But when Johnson comes back, he's someone you're going to have to move on because he'll start losing losing cash from then. He'll average around the 33 with, with Johnson playing you know, a, the majority of the games last year and doing you know, the bulk of the kick meters, which you can see here. This is some of the games where um, he had a, a little bit more of the, of the kick meters, these last few, um, and scored a lot better. You can see you know, 50, a 50 in one of the games, but... Not not having the goal kicking and stuff like that, even a floor of 34 within price of 33, you can expect a few goal kicks a game, gets him closer to 40 at a minimum, and then yeah, any attacking stats from there. So I think he's a really cool option for teams at a at a much cheaper price. But as we've seen, there's there's a bunch of bunch of value in the in the halfback position um, at this stage. It's gonna be interesting who we pick and, and yeah, are you gonna pick a Cleary as a captain? Are you are you going to go with a couple of cheapy guys in a Lamb, in a Townsend, or a Brooks? These cups of guys, which we'll, we'll speak about in the video. All right, Big Tino, priced at 43. Looked really great in the trials. As, as I've said previously, I think he has probably seven-ish, seven to ten points upside. He's not going to lose money for you. He's definitely going to score the 43 if he stays in the park and, and doesn't get injured. So another one, another guy that's really safe and, and not a gamble for your team and, and priced at 570. He's not, he's not breaking the bank. Um, as we've spoken about him a bunch, but when he's playing decent minutes, which I expect him somewhere between 50 and 60 minutes, he should score well with the odd try. He's someone that, you know, we, we say, oh, his, his stats are inflated by tries, but he's he's that type of player that, that will score you, you know, six to seven to eight tries across a, across the season and, and, and bump up his prices there. And 30, 35% of teams um, agree. So it'd be interesting if you're going to leave him out of your team, if he has a, a really good start to the year, you could be left behind. So... Bit of a scary one. He's he's kind of been hovering in and out of my team at at this current stage, so that that ownership might might sway me into bringing him in. Um, but yeah, it's going to be an interesting interesting decision there. We're going to go to Latrell Mitchell at four ninety three. So uh, a really nice option if 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 the Rabbitohs are going to play really well, priced at thirty seven, I can see him averaging closer to forty five. But for me, he I'm worried that he can average about thirty in the first bunch of games, and then people rage trade him. So. I think he has, yeah, that, that slightly lower floor, um, but has a nice ceiling as well, given the fact that he's averaged close to 50 uh, in, in previous years in the centres and, and owned by 23%. The people were pretty excited after that trial. So a decent option for, for any one side. All right, we move to Brian Kelly at 460K. Someone I think is, has a little bit more upside as well. If the, if the Titans play well, like a lot of these Titans players, he, he's going to score much better. And you can see his scores through through the back end. Um, only with a few tries, but but you're looking at scores closer to closer to forty with a couple of breakout games in the sixties, which which bumps that price up um, and and his average into the forty five category um, and puts him as a keeper and at a nice price of four sixty four, 
if there's not many center options come come round one, which looks like there's gonna be a few, but not you know not ones that are set in stone, then I think Kelly could be a decent option for anyone's side. A sneaky interesting one is a few people have been asking asking me about the last week or so. Is Mitch Dunn at 437k price at 33? My worry is with him is that when he if he when he does play play big minutes, he's got he's got scores of 42, 37, a 40 and 85 minutes, a 32, a 30, right? Um, with with a game there with a try at 60. So his scores worry me, but at you know price at 33, he's gonna have a couple of games where he'll get like a 47, he'll have a couple of games where he gets 30. He's just gonna be that slightly annoying player, which he might end up averaging about 40. And my issue is with Tom Gilbert coming back. I actually rate him pretty highly as a player, and I think he, he should do well. And it's just, will he lose his spot if he doesn't play as well those first few games? So that's going to be interesting with Mitch Dunn, but someone who's definitely an option for, for someone's side. Luke Brooks is a very interesting one. He's currently sitting in and out of my side at the moment at 544k. I just like his upside. I don't see much of a much more of a flaw than 41. I see that as his minimum. Given the fact that he had pretty much no try assists last year, only three in the entire year, looks like he might be kicking goals as well. And, and you can see his kick meters should rise a bit without uh, Benji Marshall there. So there's three factors that should get him up to a, pri- uh, a price of around 50 and an average there, given the fact that he has done in the past. So he's got that pedigree and at 4.8% ownership. That's it's pretty nice prospects for someone like Brooks. A couple more to go in this top 15 before we just roll through the other players. Lamb at 33. Played pretty well on the trial on the weekend. Looks like he's got the spot. Him and him and Kiri will will rotate through through the kick meters. They'll they'll average fairly similar together. Um, he he, he does he does tackle well. He's gonna get a bunch of try assists in in this Roosters team. So I just see him as having at least ten to fifteen points upside and someone that you should have in your side. Given the fact he's a little bit young and hasn't played a crazy amount of games, can be slightly scary. But when he does get a big minute role, he has scored well in the past. So. I wouldn't expect anything to change. It's not like he's moved to a crap team or anything like that. So um, he's a really cool option there. And then the last one to round out our 15 is going to be Christian Welch. Welch. And the new news that you know Harry Grant's out for the, the first bunch of games and then Dale Finucane's also out. could be interesting to see where Welch plays. If he stays a prop or if he moves to lock, um, that's completely fine. Either way, it looks like he should have a fair few more minutes, just given the fact they've lost some experience in, in their ranks. Brandon Smith's going to be moving to the hooking role, which means there's some more minutes up for grabs. So someone like Tui Kamakamika, Christian Welch, these guys should get a few more minutes. And, and we were talking about Welch anyway, just based on the fact on the, on the back end of his, of his season, getting 50 to 60 minutes. So I feel like this really shores up his position of getting those big minutes and, and being, average, being able to average closer to 50. So it probably doesn't move him into keeper territory, but I think it's much safer now that he actually um, won't be scoring anything under 40 and has some nice upside closer to 50. All right, so that's going to round out our first 15 and, and the guys that I think, as I said, that will a good chance of making a fair bit of money or moving up into the keeper category. One other interesting one we'll, we'll talk about as we're there is Brandon Smith. And at 602K, he's just a slightly awkward price because he's already priced at 45 he should average around 50 or just above 50 if he's playing close to 80 minutes at hooker. But, you know, that's only five or so points upside. And then it's like, where does he go when, when Harry Grant comes back? Does he start playing his normal role? Does he get a couple extra minutes and, and average closer to 50? But, yes, he's, he's fairly consistent and his PPM's great. You look at 0.87. 
if he's getting closer to 60 minutes, then that'd be cool. Somewhere in averaging in the 50s and, and having a dual position is cool. So I can I can completely understand why, why some people are, are going to be bringing him in um, as, a, as a nice option. Jazz Tavanga, people are talking about bringing him in. Just just think that Wade Egan should, uh, should be back for round one. It just was a, a bit of a cautionary one. Um, I Gus was saying that he, yeah, he would have played on if it was a real game. So I so said he's not the doctor. We'll, we'll find out. Uh, or the physio, we'll find out what's going on with, with him. But I don't see the, the upside in Tavanga in, in a really big pack, price of 51 already. I'd like to see his price come down, and then if there's a couple of injuries, you can bring him back in. Something I did last year when I needed uh, that type of player in, in my side. Jerome Hughes we move on to. A 678k. Price of 51, had a really, really good year last year. Started with a couple of uh, quiet ones, and then and then really hit his straps, and even hit 100 in one of the games. So... I'd expect a very similar similar year for Hughes. He might have to step up a little bit more without Smith, but even when Grant was playing, you see in the trial he actually kicked out a dummy half, which which means he's going to possibly try to take a similar role to what Cam did and, and, and even get a few kicks out of dummy half and, and do really well there. So I don't see much upside with Hughes. Maybe a couple extra points, but yeah, he's not, he's not someone that's dominated fantasy in the past, so going off one year is a bit sketchy for me even though I brought him in last year. And I think I'm probably still a little bit hurt from when I brought him in round two and he scored three thirties in a row. So don't, uh, don't take my opinion on, on Jerome Hughes just for that reason. But Mitch Barnett, so he's going to be playing on the edge for the first part of the season with Fitzgibbon uh, out for the first bit. My only issue is when, if, if Watson plays well, will Barnett move back into the 13 role or we go to the bench? So I just think there's too much to, to worry about with, with his minutes. Uh, for example, we move to James Fisher-Harris, and, and you'd expect with Tarmow out, Fisher-Harris takes a little bit more of a, a stronger role in this side. Priced at 50 already, we just have to look at his minutes, and you can see he already played really high minutes. A lot of games in the 60s, a couple, uh, one at 80 there in the second row, but I don't see him playing any more minutes than what he than what he did last year, and you know, Tarmow only played 42, but I think Fisher-Harris would just have to step up as more of a leader. But I don't see the upside in fantasy, and he's not a top-line keeper in the mids at 671. I definitely see Takiyaho as having a little bit more upside than what Fisher-Harris does. Move on to a Dylan Edwards. So a bunch in this in this price bracket to start, and we'll as we go along, we'll, we'll, we'll lower the lower the price. Um, so if you need to skip forward at any point, we're going to be going down in the in the price points. Dylan Edwards at 669, price of 50. Had an amazing year last year. With, with the Panthers, you can see it, he gets a, a lot of his points from, from his meters gained and his tackle breaks. So he did score a bunch of tries, but I think with them, they just have so many weapons that he's not going to be able to, I don't think he's going to be able to score the, the 12 to 15 tries that, he, that he'd want um, you know, in, in this type of player for him to get up near like the 60, the 60 mark. He's already getting the most out of his meters and his tackle breaks, but he's not someone that's in a team he has to do everything. So... Uh, I wouldn't be thinking about him. I'd, I'd think there's a few other guys that we spoke about in Pat RTS, these guys that have a little bit more upside. Marty Tapao, interesting option, but they bring in Josh Alawai. So for those that were thinking he might get some more minutes with um, with Adam Fenua Blake going, I think Alawai will play a bigger minute role um, and Tapao holding similar to that that mid to high 40s and, and being able to score exactly what he did. He's already priced at 50 with a, with a PPM of one. So... I don't see the minutes changing too much um, when they've already got a big 80-minute you know, 80, 80 player in Trevojevic. They don't need the, the front row forwards to 
to do the long stints. I think they need they need more impact in that in that type of team to for the go forward for the for the squad. So I don't see much upside in Marty. And we'll talk about Adam Adam while we're here. Moves over to the Warriors, and I'm just worried about the, their pack size. He's already played big minutes last year. I just don't see much improvement, um, so I don't want to talk about him too much further. Someone like a Reese Robson is interesting, but I, I just see someone uh, that's going to be on the bench. Um, Ruben Cotter played on at 13 role on the weekend, so it'd be interesting to see if like a, a Robson goes from hooker when a Cotter or a Granville comes on, and he moves into into somewhere in the middle with, with Lolo playing a few less minutes. Think that might be an interesting option because when Robson plays eighty minutes, he he's priced uh, he, he scored over sixty points, so he's he's very much um, undervalued on that basis. But I just don't see him playing eighty. If he does happen to get a chance at any stage in the year, then then he could be a really good option. Okay, we move to Joseph Tarpany. Again, a bunch of people have been talking about him, but a six fifty k, I just don't see the upside. Already plays big minutes. He did move to the interchange at one point and and played some lesser minutes, but a lot of those games are in the are in the fifty minute spot in the middle, uh, which which gets him his score at, at forty nine. So maybe a couple of points upside, but for me, he's someone that's that's scored very similar to this over the last bunch of years, and I just don't I don't see it changing this year just for the sake of it. Um, so moving on, we got a, a Cody Walker at six forty seven. For me, he's just going to be up and down. He's priced at 48. He's going to have scores of 70 and 80, and he's going to have scores in the in the 38 to 40 range. Again, a team that had a really good year last year, they, they probably should get a little bit better. And, and as I said, he'll have those games, but I don't see him uh, averaging a 55 to 60. He just doesn't have the kick meters for it. Adam Reynolds is the dominant half. He reminds me a fair bit of like a Dylan Brown, whereas um, yeah, Moses is going to be the dominant half, and and Dylan won't be able to to hit that upper echelon that that a DCE or something like that can because they're they're the main half and, and have a running five eight. So um, you can see why Reynolds and Walker are priced very similar around that fifty mark. All right, Gutherson at six thirty five. So I hope you're enjoying these ones, guys. Just um, I said you can scroll forward or back at any point. I just hope you can use this as a as as that sort of Bible that you can come back to uh, over the next week or so and, and even during the season and get my opinion on some players. Gustafson priced at 47. I think he's just under those other guys that, that I think have a little bit more upside in their, in their tackle-breaking options and, and scoring capabilities. With, with the Eels having a lot, of, a lot of weapons across the field, I think Gustafson showed exactly what he can do last year and, and that's going to be his peak around that 45 to 50 mark. So no much more on him. Move to a low max, and and a six twenty seven k is a is a really cool option uh, as as your gun center. And I think with there being a bunch of options in the in the lower price points and, and in the mid four mid four hundreds, like we looked with someone like Kelly, I think you can you can leave low max out at this stage. If there happens to be no no good cash cows uh, playing in the centers, then then you could possibly pick a one of these types of guys. A low max eight can that, something like that, but. At this stage, I'd, I'd want to be waiting out for him at some time later in the year, is, is my suggestion with, with someone like Lomax, who will want, will want at some point for sure. Curtis Sirenen at 6.24, priced at 47. Played really well last year. I'll say he's probably his best year, and, and I see him having a little bit more upside given the fact that they've, uh, they've lost to Joel Thompson and, and, and need some, some consistency, let's say, on, on one of the edges with, with a young guy either in you know, a Davy or... Gusevsky uh, or one of those guys playing on the other side, and I think that they're going to go to Sirenin regularly with DCE playing on that side too. So, 
Price to 47, I don't see him scoring much lower than that. He's going to be a little bit more of a roller coaster because he scores a few tries, like the odd try as well. Um, but he has a bunch of 30s games in him and he has a, a bunch of 60s games in him when he's really on song. So someone a bit scary if you're, if you're going to put them in your side. Fatal Amaro, 623. I don't see the upside with him. He already, already priced at 46. He, he's had a, a, a nice run last year where he scored tries and... And he's, he is a try scorer, so we got what one, two, six, yeah, six tries over the year, and I expect something similar, and for him to be priced similar in a dog side that might be slightly better. I, I just don't. They, he was a very clear option for them last year, close to the line in attack, and that's why um, he got a bunch of those tries there. But a uh, slightly more interesting option is Jerome Luo. Again, at that cut price at six hundred and two k, I I can expect him hitting a 50 average or so across the season. Panthers being a good team, you can look at his scores over the first seven rounds of the year and he's averaging in the low 30s and then average over 50 for the second half of the year. So he's come back looking just as good. And if you want someone, if you like him as a player, I don't see him averaging any lower than 45. I expect somewhere in, in the low 50s for, for Luai or about spot on 50. Um, so a cool option if, you, if you're interested in him. I don't want to talk too much about someone like Jairo, but a 604k, I think he's going to be coming off the bench, so for, price of forty five is just not going to not going to cut it. When you got Murray at, at thirteen and, and a couple of decent front row forwards into Toller and Tom Burgess, so I think you just got to leave it with uh with him at this stage. Hudson Young spoke about him briefly, um, and he's in my Raiders analysis as well. But price of forty five um, should be getting the eighty minutes on the bench uh, on the bench on the on the on the edge, and you can see that he's a bit up and down as well. They moved him into the middle at the back end of last year, and he did really well off the interchange. You can see a score of you know fifty nine, an eighty six, a sixty three, and scoring a bunch of tries. So you'd expect a couple of tries for him on the edge, but somewhere between an average of forty five and fifty is for him, and and that's not keeper level in the edge. So um, unless he was to get some dual position uh, and play big minutes in the middle, I just don't see the upside uh, too much with someone like with someone like him, Adam Elliott. We move on to him at, at 500, was it 500? 596, that's right. Uh, price of 44. It looks like he, he has a good chance he'll get the other edge spot. So Fatala and Elliot with, with Jackson moving to the middle. It's going to be interesting to see what happens when Luke Thompson comes back, if he plays in the middle, uh, in, in a front row spot, or, or he's trying to get the, the lock spot and Jackson might move back. So Elliot, I don't see too much downside, but I, I only see a, a, a high for him or a ceiling at 50. Uh, so someone interesting. If you like him in your team, I've seen him in a bunch over the over this period. Luke Garner at five nine six, price at forty four. Should get the uh, the starting eighty minute edge position. I'd expect just as an issue with the fact that he has ha- does have a bunch of games in the sixties last year, and is why his price was bumped down to forty four because he's been a fifty point scorer or close to it when he when he first came onto the league and we all had him as a cash cow. So. My issue with him is what happens with Sean Ball when he comes back. So I wouldn't want to take that risk. Blake Braley at 5.95. Looked really strong in the trial and 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 should be getting 80 minutes. He had a couple of games with less than minutes last year. He's got three there, four, four games there. And and that drops down, that'll drop down his his average across across those games. So I'm personally expecting somewhere around the 50 mark with Braley. Should be getting the eighty minutes and and improve as a player, as given the fact that he's fairly young. So an interesting option for for some people there. 
Brad Investor, 595 as well. Looked really strong in the Knights game uh, in the trial and, and is only super young. So I, I, I'd expect him to to be to score similar to where he's priced out at 40, 44. I'm not seeing the upside at this stage, just given the fact that he had a really good start and then had a bunch of low games towards the back, uh, towards the back end of, of the year with a 30, uh, 28, a 30, a 6, um, and then a couple of a decent games to, to finish with a 30 at the end. So someone who's a little bit scary, and I think who could score low at, at points in the year. Um, so you'd want to pick him up when he's really on song and maybe at the back end of the year after another year of, of work under his belt. Mitch Rain is another interesting one at 589. If he gets the 80 minutes, I think he's going to be a really cool option and average just over 50. If he doesn't get the 80 minutes, I think he's going to score pretty much where he's at. So nothing too much more to say on, on someone like Mitch Rain. We move to Campbell Graham, and he, he's going to be an interesting option, along with Dane Gagai. I think they're going to be a couple of the, the highest-scoring centres this year, given the fact that I think the Bunnies are going to be scoring a lot of points. Um, they might be having higher-scoring games, like a 40 to, to an 18 or 40 to 20, these type, of, these type of scores, which is great for these outside backs you know, in, in trying to build up their their try scoring counts and getting you know, 15 to 20 tries. And I think Graham could, could move into that this year. Had a really lean patch of tries through the middle of the year and then and then was really on song at the back end. And you can see scores of 53, 73, 61, 46, 59, 60 and a 40, which which puts him priced over 50. Uh, so a really interesting option. I think he's going to do really well um, this season. Move on to someone like Brian Thor. Nice, interesting option in your wing fullbacks as well. Priced at, at 580. I think he's only going to get better as a player. He's only his second year. So this will be coming into his third and and had a nice, uh, a very slow start at the back end of last year and then really picked it up across uh, the back end there. So I think he's someone that could average 45 to 50 as well. But again, it's a winger. And I, I'm not looking to pick up too many wingers in that position. You want to pick up guys that have a little bit of upside or are consistent scorers in your wing fullback. Really just for your... For your head and, and and not wanting to raise trade players when they when they have a couple of bad games, I'd probably say he's a slightly better option than than Dufty, just given the fact that he's a very up and down roller coaster type of player. And in a dragon team that's going to suck this year, priced at forty three, I can only see him hitting that. Aitken, five sixty, interesting option. Played sixty minutes on the weekend for forty, and, and it was just mainly in his base stats. You know, one hundred twenty five meters, four tackle breaks. It's just exactly. You know, the type of player that that he is and, and priced at 42 you can see points of last year where he, he averaged a lot more than that and and that's going to be the way with these centers they, they're going to have spots where they where they average like 33 34 and then and then times where they average in the in the mid 40s which is great um, but Aiken's a really cool option I like him Tyron Peachy at 528 it's all just going to be based on on what type of, of role he gets in the Titan side and and price at thirty nine, I I think you can wait to find out if he if he's someone that's going to be playing fifty to sixty minutes in the middle. I think he has a chance to score really well, uh, looking at more of that forty five ish mark. And, and and he's got the the center jewel, which puts him as a keeper in the centers um, and a much safer option, even given the fact that he that he's very up and down. He has a seven in fifty seven minutes, um, but then you know twenty one in forty five minutes, but then a bunch of consistent scores. So. Given the fact that he had a really slow start to last year and then and then backed it up with some really high scores, I think he's a really cool option for teams as well. But I'd like to see his minutes. So uh, it's a bit of an issue for me starting with him round one. All right, someone like Michael Morgan. We'll pop him in here. I just think there's too many options 
that are slightly better in, in our half position this year with, with Brooks, with Townsend, with Lamb, uh, wanting someone like Cleary as well. I think there's too many options. You could probably only have two to three in your squad. The price of 39, he has, he has the pedigree in the past to, to average somewhere in the 45 to 50 range. Some really inconsistent scores last year, but I, yeah, I can see scores in the 70s and then a bunch in the 30s. So um, just think there's some slightly better options. Okay, well, we'll talk about him, but I think we need him to get a big minute roll, and I'm not sure he's going to get that. Listening to the Talking League podcast with um with Cameron Serrato, and he was talking about trying to make sure that these guys all get some game time. You've got Kikau, Martin, and Capewell all, all liking time on the edge, and Kikau's closer to 50 minutes, and you'd expect maybe Martin and Capewell to try and sneak 60 minutes each and you know to cover the, the rest of those minutes, 60 to 65. And, and if he does that, I think he's going to score somewhere in the 40s. But if he ends up one of those, there's an injury to one of those guys, he does average in the mid-50s uh, with 80 minutes. So he's someone to keep an eye on, but I, I wouldn't be thinking about him for round one. Hodgson is an interesting option of 502k. Just doesn't have the the fantasy pedigree that you'd that you'd normally want for uh, for a hooker. Just given the fact that when he when he does play, he's not someone that he makes a decent amount of tackles, but does miss a bunch. You can see like his lowest game over that that last sort of 10 12 game stretch is is three missed tackles. Doesn't run a lot out of dummy half and, and kicks a little bit, but you know just given the fact that he misses that many tackles, that you know you're making 40 but missing four or five at brings it down to 30 and then you, you've got a few kick meters and, and run meters and maybe a try assist and you, you're only just over 40 so he's someone that i even at a nice cheaper price i think there's better options in the in the hooking stocks this year with guys like mcculloch with turpin you've got someone like damien cook up top even with grand injured you've got abby corasau then you've got brayley you've got little you've got so many guys to think about so hodgson's a no for me all right almost there guys about 10 more 10 more players there's so many in here. As I said, just use this as a as, as a bank and, and go back and forth um, over the next few weeks. Tupanua at 485. Price of 36. I, I only see about five points of upside just given the fact that he's played big minutes and, and scored low in the past. So um, if you're interested in him, he's maybe five points undervalued. And, and if he's scoring tries in a few games, may may do well, but then he'll, he'll drop down to like a 35 average uh, for a couple of weeks and, and back and forth. So he's really annoying to, to have, I think, given the fact that he's already had a lot of ro- a lot of game time last year and bumped up his price so a little bit less than I'd be interested okay Nick Kotrick at 484 price at 36 he looks so good in that trial and I think with him moving into the centers he just wants to his hands on the ball a lot more and he's someone that does the, the sideways runs palming people off he's really strong um so I, I'd expect tackle break tackle break numbers Jesus, look at this. 17 tackle breaks in round two last year seven in round three I'd be expecting expecting an average of five to six in the centers with a with a meters gain of, of 120, 130, 140 plus, um, which would be really cool. And we'll bump him into a, a price and an average somewhere in the 40s, which which I think puts him in the, in the keeper status. And he's going to get a dual position wing fullback and center. Picked up a little bit of an injury in the trial game, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. But he's someone that's a really interesting option and, and, and could move into keeper status eventually uh, across the rest of the season. All right, Chanel Harris at 472K. An up-and-coming young player, given the fact that he's played two seasons so far, he got a lot more game time at halfback and scored a lot better in that period last year, kicking kicking the goals as well. So I see his, his price moving uh, somewhere up to, to 580-600 and gaining sort of 7 to 10 on on his average, which which is good. But again, there's so many half options that I think can do a little bit better than Chanel. 
Um, but if you really like him as a player, then then go for it. You can bring him in. Moses Leota. One thing I haven't been speaking about as much is the fact that Matt Eisenhuth is there, and, and it looks like he's going to be playing some decent minutes in the middle as well, um, which I think causes a little bit of an issue for Leota's long-term prospects in terms of the fact that I think that he might be able to average closer to 40 with a few extra minutes, but I don't see the upside past that with Eisenhuth coming in and, and someone that, that you'd be looking to get 50 to 60 minutes out of him, um, which which also is interesting for someone like Lin Yu. How many more minutes does he get? Does he get five? Does he get 10? If he gets at least 10 to 15 extra minutes, then then he's going to be great. Same with Leota. You're wanting for sort of you know, seven to 12 extra minutes to, for him to be able to average in the 40s. So uh, good option, but is there better? That's, that's what we're going to ask ourselves come come the round one teams. And same with Staines. He's, he's going to be a decent option. He's, he's a really talented player. The price of 33 already is there, guys, that you can get around the 300K mark, 330K mark, um, and make a similar amount of money or, or score similarly and make a little bit more money. So, yeah, we've, we've seen two games from Staines. That's all we've got. To, to go off it, uh, but he's definitely a really good player. Ford, I think, is someone that... Uh, how much do we want to talk about him? He's got the dual position. I just don't see him going too much better than a price of 33, maybe closer to 40, but... Yeah, just... Yeah, let's let's wait and see what happens with the edge position. If if Ricky doesn't get named, if Davey doesn't get named in the starting side, then then Ford might be an okay option in, on that edge, given the fact that there's not too many there. Uh, Sean Waugh's injured. Tom Gilbert's injured, so uh, he might be someone that if he's getting big minutes, you might have to pop him in on the edge if he can't fit two guns, for example. But other than that, I'd be trying to steer clear. Corey Waddell is going to be an interesting one. I don't think he's going to get the spot. If he gets an 80-minute slot, then he's at least 10 points undervalued. But if he doesn't, then he's just going to sit on the bench and, and lose you some cash. So I'd be wary of Corey Waddell at this stage of the season. Corey Allen. All right, how many have we got? We've got two to go. Corey Allen, price of 31. I think he played pretty well in the trial the other day. I can see him averaging somewhere in the mid-30s to 40. Uh, but again, in a, in a dog's team that isn't going to be as good, how well how well can he go? If he was playing for the Rabbitohs, again, I'd, I'd probably pick him up and, and say that he's a really cool option around that 40 or so mark. Uh, an average, I'd be thinking, but not at the dogs for me at this stage. Uh, and our last one's going to be Ben, ben Murdoch-Masilla at 405k. Price to 30, looked really strong uh, in the trial on the weekend, which is what a lot of people wanted to see. If he was somewhere about 320, 300K, I'd be putting him in my side, you know, hoping for about 40 minutes of work. Price closer to 20, but price to 30, he's going to have to have an, a really high PPM of closer to one, and I'm not sure if he can get that. He's going to have to. He's going to have games where he might get some nice attacking stats, but then games where he won't, um, and getting like 40 to 50 minutes. Again, it's all unsure at this stage. I think with Masilla, you can wait a couple of weeks and see how he goes. Um, and then possibly pick him up later. But there you go, guys. That's that's our mid-range sort of 400 to 700K. Uh, let me know if you if you got a lot out of that. And as I said, just use it as a Bible across the across the season, but especially over the next week or so when, you, when you're making your teams. It's uh, one week till, uh, till game day, guys. I'm, I hope you're all excited. Five days till team lists. Um, let me know how your team's coming along. And, and if you would like to send me your team to have a look at, please join the Discord group. Uh, the, the link's going to be in the description and, and, and hit that hit that league code number in um, and jump in there. But other than that, guys, hope you have a lot of fun. Um, enjoy the day. See you guys. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact 
you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com.